Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. Hey, my loves, and welcome to another episode of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. I am Monique. And I am Sydney. Hey, Daddy. Hey, Mama. How you doing? Super, super, super. <laughs> like we ain't just rolled in the gallery. Well, no, we didn't. Okay, Daddy. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so we were going to talk about one thing, but then after we really thought about it, we want to talk about this thing, okay? And we were... I don't want to say we were faced with a situation because it really it's really not a situation. It's just that we have to make sure we do all the things that we can do to make sure it never becomes a situation. Am I going too far with my explanation? We'll get to it. Okay. So today we're going to talk about sibling rivalries. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that made Tommy T say, oh, God, and turn her face. That's it. Sibling rivalries. And why do we come up with this one, Daddy? Well, because last night we had some family time where we were goofing off. And we played a game called Mortal Kombat. Yes. Because that's how we get down. And it was Michael, David, and Jonathan, Monique, and I. And in the words of Leggy Peggy. Come on. Before she got popped at Madame Zenobius, David was having the best role he ever had in his life. <laughs> I don't know the name of the monster he was kicking our asses with, but he had four arms and three fingers on each hand. Yes. And he kept doing a leg kick, which would leave everyone stunned so much so that we could not move. So he was kicking the shit out of everyone. Bam, 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 <laughs> bam, bam. You win. Fatality. Then, you know, after he whip your ass, it won't break you in half, then dig into your soul, <laughs> and then push your head down where your stomach is. Right, right. And Jonathan, who was David's twin, you know, at the end of the night when it was time for bed, he had just about enough of that. <laughs> now, mind you, David said after each game of whipping everyone's ass, he said, nice job, good game. But it's the nice job, good game, like I fucked you up. Yes. I'm trying to be a good sport, but I'm gloating at the same motherfucking time. And I know mom, dad, Mike, we ain't going to be affected by it. But Jonathan, I know this is going to hurt you and your soul. Yes. So when he got into the room, we didn't see him. At the end of the night, we come together, do what we do, give everybody hugs, kisses, goodnight. And we notice 
Jonathan's face is a little fucked up. Okay? And you know how you know your children. You already know what it is before you ask. What's your girl's name? You already know. Oh, 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 queen. Oh, oh. Yes. Don't do it. So, in the words of Big Frida, you already know. We already knew that it was the game. Yes. So. Okay, so. I'm watching all this shit take place, okay? Because I want y'all to understand something. I am Jonathan, and Jonathan is me, okay? Now, I have I've matured to become a better sports sportsmanship. A better sportsmanship? To have better sportsmanship. Oh, okay. But there was a time <laughs> I wasn't the best, uh, I wasn't the best sportsman. Okay, I didn't like to lose. And if I did lose, you ain't got to say shit about it. Okay, it's just done. But if I won, I want to let everybody know. Everybody know. That and I by the way, she may have cheated to do win. You know what I'm okay, saying? Okay, baby. Well, we, okay. Okay. Right. I mean, we dealt with that. Okay. All right, then. But we so, wanted to share with the audience what was happening with the family. What's going down? Okay, okay so then. I'm watching David beat the shit. Like my daddy said, he had this one move, and when he would kick you about six times, it would paralyze you, so you can't move out the grip of the kick, right? So whenever it was everybody's turn, we're trying to get direction, flip over and back up, and 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 then slide down. Well, he just beating the shit out of us. So I'm watching Jonathan after. Every game, David beat him. First, it was like, oh, good game, David. That was the first loss. Then on the second one, <laughs> that he whipped him. He was like, you did a good job. Almost like, this is some bullshit. So then, Jonathan and Michael got to saying, that's not how you play. You can't just keep using the same move. So we was like, you can if that's what's making him win. Okay. So... <laughs> Now, David didn't beat the shit out of us, so it's time to go to be it, right? So they go in the room and brush their teeth, so they come back, and we get ready to, you know, shut it down. So we're all holding hands. Now, I normally don't close my eyes during this part because I want to see what they doing, right? When I tell you Jonathan had gripped David's pinky finger. <laughs> Like he's gonna break it off. He was squeezing his goddamn pinky finger so tight. Now I'm watching all of this. Well, David is still gloating, so it ain't even bothering him. So I guess because that didn't bother David, that irritated Jonathan even more. Right. And all this shit is happening in silence, right? But because Jonathan is me, I know what he's dealing with, right? He mad as shit. So now we get ready to hug, and I can look at Jonathan's face, and at any minute he's going to break down. So, I say, Jonathan, what's going on? Nothing, nothing. This is me all day, nothing. So, David says, let me tell you what's going on. So, then Jonathan says, no, you're not telling nothing. So, they begin to tell this story. And in the process of them telling the story, they start telling shit. That they shouldn't be telling on each other. Well, when we be in the room, after we say the prayer and everything, and then we, we go and we play our game, and I say, bro, cave. So I was like, why y'all calling TV? So Sid said, well, y'all supposed to be going to bed. I said, see, now y'all telling on each other because y'all can't work it out amongst yourselves. So we wound up having a conversation, and I got to tell y'all something, too. Okay, I'm going to share it. When we're having conversations with the boys sometimes, 
Sid is so patient, and he talks with such a loving tone. And he was having this beautiful conversation with them about not getting along. Here I come. Listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. If y'all don't stop this right now, y'all will grow up and y'all will take it with you, and then you won't realize why y'all won't want to deal with each other when you're adults. And because I don't talk to my brothers and sisters, none of them. They was like, bitch, are we going here with this? Like, All the way. Oh, oh, we did. All the way. What's going on All the way. On the Mortal Kombat game. All the way. But it touched me when I see them go through it because the reason why I think this show is important is because I'm like... If we don't stay on top of it, it's easy to grow up and have those feelings of, I don't want to deal with you. Mm-hmm. And if, as for me as a child, like me and my sister Millicent, when I tell you, we've never jived. And it's not that it's a good thing, a bad thing. We just never connected. And you start feeling like, well, am I supposed to connect? Because this is my sister. Like, we got the same mother and father. We're supposed to have a connection, but it was never there. And... Watching us, as I watched David and Jonathan last night, I'm watching me and Millicent. But what I didn't watch was my parents never stepped in. Like, they never got involved to say, hey, y'all all each other got. There is no other sister. We ain't having no more children. So, you know, like, they never got involved in it to say, let's talk it through. Let's work it out. So now at 49 and 51, the relationship we had at four and seven is the same relationship we have now. And you would say, well, now that y'all are grown, why can't y'all work it out? Because it's been so many years of that. Well, the difference, too, is a lot of times the issues had to deal with things not being done from an ethical standpoint. Okay. So when you have disagreements like that, it doesn't matter if they're your brothers or sisters. If it's unethical and you've had years, because you don't have to be someone's blood relative to feel like they're your brother and sister. Mm-hmm. And you have individuals that in your life that you may have looked at to be that. And when they do something that you say, well, you know, that's not the code that we've always struck up. We was always going to be honest and straight up. But this is deviating from who I knew you to be. That that's different with Monique when she sees them, it's the equivalent of the reason why there's a level of relax to it because I understand that boys are gonna compete against one another. This is how they got to be A and B inside of you, because they was competing against the other sperm and they was like, fuck that, I'm getting my spot. <laughs> When they were born, they was preemies, so they were small. Them, they said, fuck that. We're going to eat everything up. As soon as we get out the hospital, we're going to eat everything up. Because if you see them, they are on the 99 percentile of kids 11 years old. They weigh more than their 13-year-old brother. They, they are big. bears. They're tall and big. And they like to eat. Yeah, yeah. It was a scary bear. A very hairy bear, but we unpack with adjectives, and at the end of the day, they're going to keep on being that. So there's a level of you having a conversation with them in reference to, listen, it's great that y'all compete, but at the end of the day, it's going to be about you guys, and it's okay to lose. Did you try your best? Did you have fun? Because the real issue is not 
so much that they're arguing. The real issue is being able to learn how to win and learn how to lose. And winning, you in order to be a great winner, you know, need to know what it is to be a great loser because it allows you to have a level of empathy for the cat that missed out because you know what it is to miss out. And not so much of they're not going to be friends all the way to the end because they're going to get in the beefs. And sometimes you're looking at, you know, I look at my wife because they are boys. And I'm like, well, they do things a little bit differently than young ladies in terms of how they physically react to things. One time we walked in on (laughs) David because, you know, you want to believe that your kids They believe in the right thing. They do the right thing. They say the right thing. It was as if I was invisible. He had turned around and said to Mike, you bitch, (laughs) because he had beat him in the video game. Okay? Yes. He said, you bitch. That's what he said. And I said to him, is that what he is? (laughs) What made you say that? Now, as a dad, I'm like, listen. I popped him upside his head. But I know the conversations that I had. I don't have a biological brother, but I had a brother that we were like brothers growing up. And I called him names like bitches, okay? (laughs) But I didn't get caught when I said it. Because if I got caught, you know, you're going to get in trouble. So when I hear the kids saying something that they shouldn't say or do something, there's a level of, listen, you know what you're supposed to do and what you're not. But I'm not going to be fucked up like, oh, they cuss. Because growing up, we gave them a moment so they could cuss. Because we needed to hear what it is that they knew. What what did you know? And now they're bringing and honing their craft. I love it. Of cussing. Yes. And their disagreements. So it's one of those (laughs) things where (laughs) these things are not. Peculiar, but you address the the specifics of why are you beefing so that you are able to say, listen, you know you wrong and you know that's not the way you handle it. And it's not so much about this moment, but it's so that later on you don't think that that shit is cool, yes. that you up that, that you, you can't take an L. I mean, and you hear on a daily basis, people say, I hate to lose. I hate to lose. No one loves to lose, but are you mature enough to accept the reality that this shit is going to take place if you participate in things long enough, unless your ass is Floyd Mayweather? Come on. He don't lose, okay? He, he just don't. That, not, that's not, not what he, he don't. He beats everybody in the ring, okay? But short of that, yeah, most people most people don't have that type of luck. What? I said he ain't for what you got. Uh, at any rate, so that being the case, and he will not fight me because that's not what I do. So that being the case. We will whoop his ass just so anybody want to know. What the fuck Could is wrong with you? All, what the fuck is wrong with you? All of us in the ring. They be like, wait a minute. I thought I was fighting Sid. Well, okay. Well, this, 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 this is. This, and then you see. 
the the challenges that we had to deal with because this is Monique, okay? And she's going to insert some shit into just the DNA pool as to why shit will go down the way it is and then don't understand why they arguing and shit. It's because of that, okay? It's because of that. We're talking about it today, my loves. Sibling rivalries and are sometimes they put upon siblings not with a conscious effort because sometimes I think parents can bring about sibling rivalries and again not conscious but then you'll hear stories when people grow up well when we were growing up you always made it seem like this one was the best one like they could do no wrong they could say no wrong everything was always right they were they were either the prettiest or the most handsome they got the good grades they got so now you grow up and you're hearing that all the time where it wasn't i don't think conscious of it but you created this rivalry between your children because one got so much praise and the other ones or the other one didn't receive that kind of praise. And I don't think you realize it until now everybody's grown. And you can't change yesterday, but you have to start having those real conversations when our babies are right here. If one baby do good in something, you're supposed to praise them. But you got to find what's good with the other babies, too, to give them that same amount of praise, whatever that thing may be, because I know what it is to grow up in that. I'm going to tell you something. For years, for years, the family used to compare me to Robin. No way. Shit. Me and Robin were just strong enough that we didn't buy into it, but Robin was always academically and still is very smart. Baby, listen here. You can give her a book, goddamn, if she ain't got it. But I would oftentimes hear, well, you need to be, try to be smart like Robin. Well, you need to study like Robin. And me and Robin didn't buy in. We was like, that ain't what the fuck I do. Right. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Oh, you know, niggas will say shit behind your back that they won't say to you, well, your I face. I don't think anybody thought anything great of me. But, but what I'm saying is people will say things about you behind your back that you had no idea. They won't look you in the eye and let you know you're smart. But then tell somebody else to use your smartness against someone else to yeah. bring them down. I mean, yeah. that it happens in families. I'm, see, I know with sibling rivalries, and, and, and my grandmother's been on me lately. My grandmother created a sibling rivalry between me and all the grandchildren. Not consciously, but none of the other grandchildren put the effort in. Like, Mimi let it be known I was her favorite. Make no mistake, she didn't apologize for it. But I called Mimi. I went and stayed with Mimi. You know what I'm saying? So, but unbeknownst to her, when Christmas time came, shit, baby, she let everybody know Monique is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) And someone said, I I missed the handle, they said, they experienced that with the light skin against the dark skin one. Yes. You know, and that seemed to, uh, you were going to say sometime? Yeah, but I was getting ready to say, I created issues mm-hmm. because I saw I saw the issues, but it wasn't something that needed to be addressed every single time. Like, I didn't give my kids enough benefit of the doubt because they were so resilient and strong. And because I had a split household where there was two fathers involved, I would always make it a, always make it an issue. One was more present than the other, or I would bring up the whole light skin, dark skin thing in the home, 
But to me, I thought it was an issue. Because we'll go out and you pick up the light skin. Oh, he's so cute. Well, what about this one? Mm-hmm. When it, didn't, it shouldn't have even been an issue. It shouldn't have been an issue that's been brought up. But I would see it, and the kids aren't even thinking that way, but I would make the issues in the home, and I would go in and go out my way sometimes. And But as them, they're older now as adults, and now they can express it to me and say, well, you did this a lot for this one, but you didn't do this one. You didn't do that for us. And I would justify it to say because they didn't have this or that. And they was like, no, we didn't have that. Just because they was present don't mean we had that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, but it was issues that I was bringing to the table. And they was, it wasn't even their issues. And hey, at Whiskey Ricky, on your first day on Periscope, greetings. And thanks for tuning in. Hey, Ricky, we're talking about it, baby. For those of you that's just tuning in, it's been with us, sibling rivalries. And... What can we do so that we don't pass that on to our children? Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. There's a level of difficulty to pinpoint what one, it seems, can do because how people interpret things are completely different. It's one of those things where... Well, you got Rantrell is mad at his mama because Wantrell seemed to get all the praise. But Wantrell mama said because Wantrell did what he was supposed to do and you was always up in Juvie Hall. And he like, I know mama, but goddamn, if you had given me some sort of praise, maybe I wouldn't have been in Juvie Hall so damn much. And you like, but if you had stopped being in Juvie Hall so goddamn much, Because your brother is raised in the same house. What happened? So how do you interpret that? And I think that one of the strongest points goes back to taking accountability and us teaching our children accountability for their actions because it allows people to say, listen, if you did certain things, we've been in situations where Two of the kids was on point with what they were supposed to have done, and one of the children were not. And we say, well, listen, we can't penalize the whole group because of one. And then there are times that we have to say we got to penalize the whole group because of one. Now, somebody say that's conflicting, but there's no one rule that's applicable to every situation. And if you didn't tap your brother on the shoulder in this situation— and y'all all were a part of it, and he got in trouble. Then y'all all of a part, all are a, a part of it. But if you were in a situation where you tried to help, they defied you. They said, "No, nah, we want to do it our way." Now you're going to have to eat that. So it's difficult to pinpoint how people are going to receive things because you have four siblings, two brothers, and a sister, and yourself. All four of you are different, very, but you were raised in the same household, but you were raised in the same household at a different time when each one's existence varied, meaning there was a time that Gerald was first Mm -hmm. and by herself. Then who came next? Stevie. Then after Steve? Millicent. Then Millicent. And then you. But their existence 
was there when yours was not, and they got a chance to see life with mom and dad in a variation of ways when they were by themselves, when it was just Gerald and Steve, when it was Gerald, Steve, and Millicent, and then you. So their understanding of what you see as the baby is going to be completely different because Gerald was roots at the beginning. Okay, He was Alex Haley at the beginning when they first <laughs> caught the black folks in the woods with the other black folks and brought them over. That was him. He was in the woods, too, getting trapped and shit. You came over after fiddling them, uh-uh. was telling Kunta Kente, okay? That's when you came into the picture as the offspring, okay? So it's one of those things where you guys never had an opportunity. Most siblings never talk about it in that way, shape, or form. So you you then begin to say to yourself, um, is it really a beef that you have with your brothers and sisters? Is it a beef with the parents? But it's one of those things when you get older that you have to take upon yourself and you say, based upon where you guys were, you never were in a position to be close. Mm. Mm. You were never in a position to be close. And all you can do is take the horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So the conversations that we had with our children um, in reference to the importance of sticking together. Yes. That's all we can do. Yes. And and by showing unity, by showing, you know, their mom and dad have been best friends since they were 14. Look at Aunt Robin's ass. She's a part of the mix. Y'all got stories since y'all was little girls. You dig what I'm saying? The people that are around us are people that they see, you know, we having birthday parties. So they see the benefits of camaraderie yes. so that if they elect not to take it in, it wasn't as if we couldn't. It, it wasn't as if we didn't give it give it to them. So you can never be at fault for what you gave and what someone didn't receive. But the only thing we can do is try to give as much as we possibly can and also give an example of that in terms of the loyalty that you have with the people around you so that there's a, a steadiness as best as you possibly can have with the people that are in their presence. You know, uh, Butterfly said, our parents create the drama and then stand back and watch it unfold. That could happen. And you have to then say, well, our parents are just people. Because I remember a, a personal situation. My mother and I were flying somewhere. I can't remember if we were coming or going. And I had asked her, I said, please get everybody together so we can have a family conversation. Because we were so divided. And... My mom, she was getting something down from the, what's the thing? The bin. And she stopped and she said, you know, Monique, Millicent and Stevie are so mad with you, they just don't know what to do. Now, we're on this plane. And I, and I said, well, what are they so mad with me about? Well, I don't know. I, I got to stay out of that, but I just know. And I said to her, I said, you mean to tell me that, Two of your children are mad at one of your children, and you're going to just stay out of it, but you're going to translate, the, you're going to give me the message that they mad with me. I'm saying, can we all sit down and talk? But you acting like, shit, we on the playground. I'm just going, like, you don't know us. We're your children. And I think that the reason why I get so passionate, <clears throat> and I have to work on that because I don't want... My children to say, like, Mommy, what you upset about? Like, we're going through our thing. But I get so passionate about it because I grew up in a space where we're not going to share shit. 
We're not going to have the real conversations. And I grew up with parents. I won't so much say my father because that's unfair because I don't know it to be true. But my mother easily would call me up, talk to me about my sister. Then she would talk to me about my brother. Then, and I knew she was doing the same with me. So now we're in a space where we're all these grown people, but nobody wants to come together because when we say, well, who started all this shit? Like, well, mommy told me you said, and right, right. mommy told me you said, and, mom, and then you say, you look at the quote unquote, the person that's the mother and you say, what are you like? What's the point? What's the purpose? But. With that being said, then you have to look at the sibling rivalries, despite the fact that the parents may be involved in it, and look at the rivalries that they had amongst their siblings so that mm. they, they are passing it down. If, if you don't know how to fix a car or change a flat and necessity, because you were caught in the middle of nowhere, makes you have to learn how to fix a flat, you don't know how to fix a flat until necessity makes you have to fix that flat. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to bring people close together because necessity hasn't shown you that that's what you need to do and your life experiences haven't shown you, it is sometimes difficult for people to say, let me look at this in the most basic form as possible mm -hmm. and say to the people around you what you actually feel, and that is, you know, growing up, I really didn't have a closeness in my family. As you're talking to your children and saying, I don't know necessarily how to go about doing it, but this is what I would like for us to have. And understand that you're going to think some very strange things. I know you're going to think some very strange things because I think very strange things and you come from me. So you're going <laughs> to think some strange ass things. Okay. So... I just need you to know that I'm empathetic to the strangeness that you may be thinking due to the fact that there was a level of empathy and a level of openness, openness that I didn't have available to me because people didn't know how to express themselves because there were important things that they need to focus on, in on that they didn't have time to talk about love and things of that nature because they were trying to pay the light bill mm -hmm. and get food in the house and grade papers from the kids that was in school and so forth and so on. But now we've evolved to a space and a place where we understand that the relationships that we have are, if not more important than the lights and things being paid, but they're equally as important. So you take the time out amidst the getting your life in order from a business standpoint, and you have to have that the personal aspect because everything you're working for, if the personal aspect is no good, then it, it really means absolutely nothing. Yes. So everything boils down to teaching our children a level of empathy and understanding and teaching ourselves and learning that because at the end of the day, it's part of why we can't forgive our parents sometimes mm. because of their lack of assistance in our growing up because we don't empathize with their experiences. I have a, a friend who had shared with me um, their resentment growing up dark skin um, for the family, and they used to ridicule her mom, who was very light. Her dad was very dark, mom was very light, and they ridiculed her mom because she had a child when she was 15. 
Now, I'm saying her mom now may be 80, so I don't know. That's, that's a long time ago. And her folks that were ridiculing her had children when they were 15. Okay? So there was this passing down of hurt in the family. Mm. And nobody took the time to empathize that the very person that you saying all the foul shit, you know what it is to live that life. You were ridiculed. But they thought this is what you should do. And it's almost like when you are pledging a fraternity and the guys who was online that want to murder you the most had the the didn't go through what you may have gone through or they went through what uh, they're giving you and they don't know any different. So they decide that I'm going to pass on down what I've been given because they don't know any different. But when you sit back and you say, because we're not perfect, there's a level of empathy. You might not say, I'm going to be your friend tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but you understand why it is that they've acted in the way that they, they have. And it wasn't typically because they were just trying to hurt you. A lot of times it's because they don't know any other way. They haven't Mm -hmm. considered any other way. You know, someone said, how do you repair those hurts? Like, how do you um, repair those sibling fights or, you know, how do you make it better? And it's really up to the individuals. You know, I I don't think it's a magic formula or a special stick or wand. And I think sometimes... We take the word family and we put so much on it. And I know I did because had I not had my sister not been my sister, would she ever have worked with me? No. Just based on what her work ethic used to be. Doesn't make her a bad person, but I can remember I'm calling out today. I'm having a long weekend. I'm not going. So then you say, well, I want to bring my family along. So you start bringing people along where you know that their work ethic or their character or their integrity, it may be in question. And then you have the weight on your shoulders of, but this is my family. And when I tell y'all, and for anybody that might be struggling with it, your family is who you make it. And if it happens to be from the same bloodline, that's a beautiful thing. If it happens not to be, that's still a beautiful thing because you were given a family in this universe at your time of being here. But I think we carry around extra weight and pressures based off of what we think it's supposed to be. So to say how can we repair them, it's up to the people to repair them if you want to repair it. Like you would say to yourself, would you tell your daughter to hang out with somebody that steals? Would you want her to be your daughter's friend? But if they, we're talking about family and that's their family, it's one of those things where... um, Family is something that you make important, but in making it important, what happens is people are under the impression that means that you stick up for family even when they're wrong. Mm. And when you are family, you stick up for them when they're wrong by telling them that they're wrong and not right. And that's what family is supposed to do. And the problem is a lot of times that you think that or we think that it's going along with people no matter what because they're your family. And that's no different than us looking at the people that work with President Trump and you saying it seems like there are only two Republicans that are conscious of what this guy is doing, Lindsey Graham and McCain. 
and you Senator McCain and you say, don't the rest of them? Why won't they tell this man what the real is? Like, what, what's the problem? Because in their mind, we family. You know, we got to stick together on this in this lie and 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 or what we're doing, even though it's not right, because we try and you break that down to people's households. They carry the same false sense of understanding. We we in the gang, we in the crew together. This we gonna run the streets, we're gonna pop a cap and couple <laughs> niggas' asses, and then we're gonna do what we do. Then you end up in prison. The cats that you ran the streets with they can't hang around you. Nowhere to be found. They, they, they know where to be found because the very people that you are trying to help and support, if you know what they're doing is wrong, you're going to succumb to their antics as you experience, as, you know, we've experienced, and some of you folks out there have experienced. So being family, to me, exemplifies or is the prime opportunity to say, we got to tell each other the truth because yeah. nobody in the world is going to take the time to give you the real in the manner in which family is supposed to give you the real. And it's designed to prepare you when you deal with people that don't care about your existence, not because they have anything against you, but they're worried about theirs. Mm-hmm. So we got to be honest. And when they ask, how can we work this out? Uh, Harmony Clown said through healthy communication. That's yes. how you can work it out through having dialogue with folks and saying, listen, it can't be all you. I had to have a part in this too. What if, if you really did, you know, but if you're not talking and you want to make it right, then you make it right and you try, but you can't obviously do it alone. And you know what I think too happens oftentimes, daddy, I know what happened with us. It got swept. It got swept under the carpet. Like you stay mad for a couple of days, then you one day you just start talking, mm-hmm. and you never dealt with it. So now this carpet is lumpy as shit with all of these piles of shit under it, and then there's this big explosion. And then you're people, well, 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 what's wrong? Well, we never discussed nothing. So now we're here. So I... I I, I agree with ev- with everyone saying I think the best thing is healthy communication, even when it hurts, even when it's those conversations that you have to say that nobody else will say. But even when it hurts, that's when you really know. And I don't want to say people aren't down for you when they don't tell you the truth. I think sometimes people are so afraid of I don't want to hurt your feelings. I, I, I don't want to see you hurt. I don't want to tell you that you are too big. Like, you can't breathe when you get to the top of the steps. I don't want to say that because you know you can't breathe. You know what you're dealing with. And I don't think that it's that people don't love you. I think that in some cases, I think it's almost like I don't know how to address it. They don't know how to address it. And that oftentimes it's a level of uncomfortability that they don't want to experience. And sometimes that's when the definition of family, of friends, has to be defined so that the people that are your friends and family have the same definition that you have, which is tell me what I need to know, not what I want to hear. Because, and as at Young and T says, especially with the children, because it goes back to last night explaining without being excited because we 
especially in our community. Well, I'm not going to say especially in our community because I, I I didn't grow up in a white household to really compare it, you know. But <laughs> we as we as people have a tendency of getting advice given to us through yell. Mm. Like through yelling. God damn it, you don't understand. I'm out here working and shit, and y'all out here fussing and fighting and shit. Y'all need to work it out. That y'all need that's what y'all need to do. Y'all need to work it out. Ma. <laughs> if we knew how to work it out, we wouldn't be fighting like look, I'm gonna leave it to y'all and shit to work it down. Right. If that's the advice you're gonna leave it with, okay. Right. As opposed to listen. Fights are happen. But y'all got to figure out a way to work it out because do you love each other? You going to let somebody do something to your brother? No. You going to let somebody do something to your brother? So then why are you going to do something to your brother? Right. Oh, only you the one who's supposed to do something to him? Because you know we're going to kick your ass if you do something too. Right? So should we kick your ass or should I let mama kick it at? And you are giving a serious point while having a little fun at the same time. And then when you got to tighten it up, you tighten it up. But when... Our children and when people are around us see us losing control, you know, the message gets lost and you start focusing in on they losing control, you know. So it's almost like I in our relationship, it's important that I have a level of balance because if I don't, you know, I know the spirit that I'm next to. There's a level of impulsiveness. And when she sees things, it is on 10, at at least 8. Okay? And sometimes you got to say, listen, it's not that heavy. And even when it's that heavy, there's a way in which you got to deal with it because what's that cast, Sully? It was heavy when the plane was going down, but I can't believe that he was in the cockpit like, oh, shit, this motherfucker's <laughs> going down there. What are we going to do? And then landed it gently in the goddamn ocean, and everybody just walked out. There was a level of calm that had to be over the captain of the ship, and we as parents, and we as <laughs> beings must be the captains of our own ship. So the way in which we handle ourselves is going to help our children and help ourselves with the not just biological sibling rivalries, but the rivalries you have with the people that you work with. The rivalry and the tension that may be between your mom and dad, somebody you met in the street, just learning how to conduct ourselves and taking responsibility for our actions. We're talking about it, babies. Talk about it. We are talking about it on Monique and Sydney's open relationship, play.it. We're talking about... I said that, didn't you? Yeah, you sound professional. Just in case, okay? Okay, then. Okay. We talk about it. Sibling rivalries. And someone put in here, I think my sister is ungrateful and disrespectful. And I know she is. And (laughs) she thinks I'm mean. Yes. Well, she would. Because oftentimes ungrateful, disrespectful people, (laughs) when somebody is telling them that's who they are, they do think that they're being mean to them because they're not willing to accept that responsibility of you ungrateful and you disrespectful. And it could feel like it's never enough. And when I say those words to you or those words are being said, oh, bitch, you just being mean. No, I'm just being truthful. And what happens is because oftentimes you'll hear this about people in the family who are normally fucked up. 
They're not the kindest. They're not the nicest. They're not the friendliest. Sometimes they speak. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you don't know which way they're coming, and you'll get this. Well, that's just how they are. Then you say, well, nobody wanted to take the time out to say, well, let's have a conversation about that's just how they are. Because them being just like that has gotten them fucked up. It's got us fucked up. When we all get together, we all fucked up. But don't nobody want to say, listen, bitch, we got a problem with you. Yeah, because family, the same way little Timmy, he ain't got a whole arm. That's your cousin, though. He ain't got a whole arm. He got half an arm. Yes. You know how nobody don't see that he got a half an arm. When you in the family. They don't see that. That's just how Timmy is. Watch that nigga catch the football, though. Okay. And he can throw it with that arm. He can throw it. Watch him. Okay? It's the same way when you seen that sibling be a certain way all your life. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't see them as being any other way than that. But in order for there to be some progress, once you realize what it is, then you ask yourself, why do you think that is? Because you've gotten a chance to, to witness what it is that's transpired. In your case, you've shared that um, there were things that your sister was allowed to get away with that by no means would you be allowed to get away with, so it propelled her attitude. So there's a level of empathy that can be had for her that due to the struggles that you were forced to have, it's made you a different woman than an individual who didn't have to have those struggles now when they have to deal with them on their own, they're having a struggle mm. whereby they may not have had that if they had an opportunity growing up in a household in which my dad, you know, the, the my man who's like, you know, a brother was put in, I was put in the position to have that relationship because my father was fucking around on my mother. So then I ended up staying with, that's how we do it, okay? So then I'm staying with them. See, because as you said earlier, at least you moved around. The family moved. When y'all moved, y'all moved and shit. Nigga, I was the one who moved, okay? (laughs) 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 When my mom, when they got separated with with my father's girlfriend uh, and then with another girlfriend and back. But when you start experiencing these type of things, For me, it allowed me to look at things in a way in which you definitively know you're not owed anything Mm -hmm. and how lucky I am to have survived it. But the circumstances that we were in weren't conducive to us being tight as adults because I used to look at it as how come his mom always talks up for him, but nobody talks up for me? Mm. And then when we got to be adults and he couldn't speak well and up for himself, but I had to do that, and I don't have that difficulty as an adult, then you realize what you thought was something that was unfair to you was really something that was unfair to them. Mm. Because you were given the gift of struggle. You were given the gift of accountability. You were given the gift of having to find the words to be able to speak on your own behalf where someone was speaking on their own behalf and now you have a family so when someone approaches you, you don't need to duck behind your wife or someone else to talk for you. You can talk for yourself and for your family whereby your sibling has a difficulty in that area because of what you construed as being unfair treatment. So sometimes it's just the way we look at things. Yes. 
And when you understand that to be what it is, there's a level of resentment that you don't hold towards the parent and you don't hold towards the sibling because you realize though difficult, those struggles, you got the better end of the stick. Mm. And that there's a level of a higher level of empathy you should have for the one that you thought was being given the cushy treatment because when you become too soft, like, you know, these computers, you know, they doing everything for you. They, they say the alien grays, they don't have any musculature. They just have these large heads and large eyes. Well, you don't need no goddamn musculature if technology allows everything to be done for you. What the fuck you need muscles for? <laughs> I don't need to fight you. I will zap your punk ass, okay? Okay? I got that's what I'm saying. So it's like with everything that's taking place, you don't need no goddamn muscles. You just need technology. Why do I need Biggie Smalls as tough as he was? He said, I'm not fighting. I will shoot your ass, okay? Okay. So at the end of the day, jokes aside, when we look at the things that we consider to be unfair that allowed us to be stronger because of the unfairness that we endured, mm-hmm. we realized that that was the best training ground we could have ever gotten or received because those ones that became soft because of the passes that they were given. You know, the guy that was in school that in this situation, he happened to be in the 80s and he was light-skinned and his hair was curly and he was very cute but there was a level of um, conversation that was not there. And people felt that <laughs> because he was light-skinned or because he was an athlete, he got the... But then later on in life, you see how these amenities yes. that created softness allowed them to not be able to adapt to the time where when you're 40 years old and shit... It's a little different. You know, because some of the girls and the guys that was... Real awesome back in the day in high school when they grew up, the ones that was laughing at you, then you see them and you like, I'm not going to laugh at you because I know what it is to be laughed at. But bitch, I'm a giggle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. Okay, then. (laughs) Oh, I'm not going to laugh all the way at you, bitch, but I'm a chuckle. A little bit. A little bit. You bitches wouldn't let me be a cheerleader. Okay, y'all had cheerleader asses back then. Oh, but I saw you. And at Amanda Robinson, Greenmount Avenue in the house. That's the real deal right there. Greenmount in the house. Come on, 32nd Street Plaza. Come on now, 32nd Street Plaza. You know, I want to address something uh, This someone wrote. They said, um, Mo, is it wrong of me because I've walked away from my family? And is that wrong? And I want to address it. And only you know if that's right or wrong because only you know the people that you're dealing with. And when you make those kind of decisions, really understand the decision that you're making. Because I understand what that is to have to say, I got to walk away because this is toxic for me. And whenever I'm in this space or whenever I'm in this environment, my personality changes. It's like I'm a junkie and I'm a junkie to conflict and confusion. And for me to, they say when you want to stop using drugs, you have to get away from the people that you used around. And those people just happen to be my mother, my brothers, my sister. My father, who's now gone to the next journey. And it took me some time to get to that place because 
I had the pressure of and the guilt of this is my family. But then I had to look in the mirror and say, but I'm allowing my family that I didn't ask for to destroy the family that I asked for. And the family that I asked for, they're not doing anything wrong. I'm just bringing the poison in from the family I was born into. So only you know that decision and that choice. That's not a, well, Monique said, "Mm -mm." only you know that, baby, because only you know the character, the integrity, the love. You know the group of people that you're dealing with. And when you make those decisions, if you change your mind, that's okay, too, because everybody's allowed to change. People can change, but people can change through their actions, not through their words. So for that sister or brother who wrote that, let that be a decision of your own. Only you know if it's right or wrong. And sometimes you might not need to walk away. Sometimes you might need to run away. (laughs) Escape. You got to get away with a quickness. With the explosions in the background and you walking in slow motion. Get up out of there. Sibling rivalries, Daddy. We talked about it. We talked about it. We talked about it. And sometimes sibling rivalries can be silent. And you never discuss it. But you live your life with a silent resentment toward one another. And you never really say what it is to never give you the benefit of a healthy relationship. So if there's anybody out there that feels like, you know what, I do want a relationship with this person who happens to be my sister, who happens to be my brother, who happens to be my mother, then you have to... Who happens to be your friend. Your friend. That you call a brother from another mother or a sister from another mister. Come on. Got to have a real and open conversation with them because at the when you look at it, what, what do you have? It's like, at what point... Are you going to be honest with the people around you and honest with yourself? Because we've said it before, many of us go to our graves without the individuals around us really knowing who we are because we are afraid to be ourselves because of the scrutiny that we're going to get. And as someone said, they were guilted into, you know, the situation dealing with their mom and how to relate. And some people say, no, you don't never walk away from your mama. You don't never walk away from your mom. Your mama. Well, they don't know that your mama walked away from you. Mm. And they don't know that under some circumstances that seem a little shady, they coming back and you feel like it's because they on the take. How do you handle that? Again, that's something that only that you can handle because Other people haven't experienced your pain, so sometimes they can tell you objectively, this is what you should do. But they don't have any skin in the game, so you got to wear it for yourself. And be scared of people who are telling you and giving you advice that this is what you should definitively do and, again, make you soft and not think for yourself. Mm. You know, Daddy, someone just said, how do you have a conversation with someone that only wants drama. You don't have a conversation with them because if you know they only want drama, write them a letter. So that way there is no, let them read what you're feeling and then y'all, but when you say, how do you have a conversation with someone that only wants drama? Well, you can't have a conversation because if they're yelling and screaming, well, then y'all have stopped talking. And, If they understand that you're not looking for drama, despite the fact that you feel that way as well, 
it's almost like saying, we're not going to let, again, them think for themselves in this situation. It's like we don't know the dynamics of this person says that this person is completely drama. But then you hear the other person's side and they say, well, hold up. Oh, I'm drama, right? But you ain't paid me my money back, right? Okay. So you got mad because I came up to your job looking for my motherfucking money, right? You dig what I'm saying? So it's almost like... But that's why we sit side by side. That's why it's like... God damn it, I make it absolute. <laughs> Shit. Right. Don't guess, no, get. It's like you have to weigh it out. But as long as you've taken responsibility for your part and you're not looking just to point fingers, there's an opportunity for it to be worked out as long as they want it to be worked out, too. We talked about it, my babies. And, you know, we hope in these conversations that, like my daddy always says, take the best and leave the rest. But we're hoping that it's making a difference. And again, I don't believe I'm no unique creature on the face of this earth. I know the shit that I walk through. Other folks are walking through it, too. And that's why we came up with this show, because we really believe that if you open up your heart, open up your mind, and you want something different, start having the conversations to bring about something different. You want to say anything in closing, my daddy? I'm going to say this. Take the best, lead the rest. <laughs> that's what you said. Look, somebody just put one of the jokes I used to tell. They said, because you'll go up to Chucky's job. That's shut right. Some shit down. And shut some shit down. <laughs> Can I speak to James? Right. My loves, uh, don't forget May 13th, the second annual Mother's Day show in Harlem, New York, at the Apollo. So all the people in the surrounding counties and Boston. That's what I felt like saying. Y'all come on down. <laughs> Y'all come on down and check out the show. Again, baby, tell a friend, tell another friend, and then tell two more friends to join us every Monday at play.it. Monique and Sydney's open relationship for new episodes. You can go there right now and get all the previous episodes in the archives. So, we're going to wrap it on up, my baby. Do it. We're going to do it. My name is Monique. And I am Sydney. And like my daddy says, the mind is like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. We love y'all. For free. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.